Welcome to Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood. Thanks for joining all of us today. It's another one of those where where all of us, Chad, back from vacation, coming in uh, hot. Actually, that's right. <laughs> because the next ones are already planned. Between it makes it seems like he's been off for a month. Like that's that's, that's right. my yep. favorite part. If you're a faithful listener, it feels like Chad's been gone for like two months. That's yeah, <laughs> priceless. Back from vacation, but also today uh, he's on vacation today. Actually, that he's coming in on a vacation day to be a part of the podcast. Wow. Diligent, so, folks. Diligent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you haven't left a rating and review, make sure you do that. It helps other people find the podcast. And we'd love for other people to continually find the podcast. Also helps us get better at what we do when you tell us what you think. So thanks for doing that in advance. Hello, Zach. Hello, Chad. Hey, Hello, producer Nathan. Howdy. Uh, today, it, we are recording episode 350 yeah, um, milestone. It's a that's a significant. Sounds like a significant number. Like it's not a. It's a lot of years. A lot of years halfway of there. That is, or, or whatever. <laughs> seven hundred is the uh, if seven hundred is the goal. We're halfway. Halfway there. We're halfway there. That's like so seven hundred. It'd be like. What is that? 14 years of podcasting, roughly. roughly yeah. Well, so that's uh, and we'll talk about it on our booster podcast coming up in a f- few weeks, but like we're, we're both seven years into this now. Like that is uh there, there's been seven years worth of diligence. If you kind of average it out over the 50 episodes ish a year. Have you gone back and listened to like the original episodes oh, recently? Man. Like, have you gone, have you gone Not back, recently. like episode four and just said, mm-hmm. man, I hope we've come a long way and realized that you have. There was a season during COVID. I went back and listened to some of the old ones because we had one of our listeners uh, who was going through every single one because he had just started in ministry and was like, I'm just going to chart the journey. Uh, and so it is. Um, yeah, it's it's noticeably different. Like, like Chad and I's voice is even sound younger, which I don't know how you feel about that. But like, I don't know. I need to go back and listen to episode one of this to see if baby Ben sounds like younger. Like there's just gosh. Yeah, that's a just, good question. Just a young, wide eyed Ben. It's just like, <laughs> got it, guys. <laughs> Let's turn on the mics and rip Let's it. Let's do some podcasting. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. You should be doing a lock-in once a month, guys. <laughs> if you're not out there shopping Nerf sales, then what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the proper equation when ordering pizza for your youth ministry. <laughs> you guys have an Xbox 360 yet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Wii U coming out this December. Yeah. Wii U, man. Mm. I, uh, speaking of that, my... My son, Josiah, is 10. He will not stop asking for uh, VR. He wants an Oculus so terribly bad. A like ticket he, to the metaverse. Man, he just wants to be in. I'm like, man, what games are you going to play? I don't know. Just, be just the, I, the idea of it, I think, yeah. is... Yeah. Mm-hmm is incredibly fascinating to well, him. Well, hold on. They're about to get cheap because the meta stock's going down. So, well... That's yeah, but it's pretty hard to run something without a platform behind it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I got it on sale. Then There's you just no have support. a big plastic yeah. mask. That's all you have. <laughs> we just have a member uh, of Daft Punk now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. 
We have just had an experience together. Yes, we um, did. Yeah. The We're actually really us. glad to be even alive for recording episode 350 uh, or, or not sheltering in place uh, in Central Florida. Yeah. Yep. Just alive a bit of together. Rain. Yeah. And and in our homes. Um, I mean, there was something like not to make light. I mean, the, our Florida friends have been through a lot. Oh, a lot. Still. And a again, lot of stuff. And again, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But there was something a little, because this was a, a smaller storm and what there, uh, there was something a little appealing about, and let's just stuck in a hotel room and hang out and play games for a day. It would not have turned into like, we would have been stranded there for multiple days. Chad, yes. I think your flight's still being, you still, yeah, still being reassigned. Correct. My original flight is now scheduled for two days from now <laughs> right <laughs> we're, we're back and recording this from our homes and your return trip has not officially rebooked in a way that would have gotten you home yet yeah we yeah. would board yeah two days and nine hours from now is when my boarding will happen so, so we were uh all of us were in orlando meeting with our student leadership university friends which they're talking amazing about by the way incredible people yeah. for sure yes. yep uh, talking about youth pastor summit coming up in the spring so those of you that have been around lifeway students for a little while you know that we partner with student leadership university to bring you youth pastor summit in orlando nashville dallas southern california across the country across the country uh, every spring. And so we were, we get together in the fall and talk about content and plan and all that. And so the Youth Pastor Summit is going to be an incredible time this spring. You'll hear more about when to register and all that stuff just after the first of the year. But we were there, our meetings were Wednesday and uh, the hurricane was coming in. Hurricane Nicole was on its way in and uh, Disney shut down Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And that was like the first signal that was like, oh, <laughs> so this is going to be real, more bro. than we thought it was going to be. Uh, and then Orlando Airport shut down for Wednesday afternoon. And as of the recording of this pot, like it was shut down all day Thursday. Uh, so we... We had an adventure and we, we had good meetings and then mm -hmm. we had to reroute travel and it was fantastic. So we drove all the way to Atlanta, jumped yep. on a flight and got home. So yeah. Little road, little road trip mid, mid, mid travel, a little interruptus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So when you guys are traveling, you stop at the convenience store. What is your go-to? Like, what is the best car snack? Oh, okay. Dr. Pepper and Twix. Man. Wow. Going it's so just the sweet. Best. Just oh, double yeah. sweet. It's just the best snack ever. It's always my go-to. This time I went off of what I would normally do. I, an M&M, peanut, mm. regular, even like the pretzel M&M. I like what M&M's is doing yeah. right now with putting different things inside the thin candy shell. <laughs> Just shove, shoving stuff in there. Just Pretzels, brownies, cookie nuts, dough, whatever. next, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can get down Just with freeze dried blueberries inside of an M&M. Yeah. Apple M&Ms. I don't know if I'm. I'm oh, I would that. be down for that. But I have a, this time I went bugles and uh, 
Because <laughs> you missed 94. You just uh, like, I haven't been to the lake in the 90s in a while. And did you even do and, witch's fingers? You bought them and you didn't even do witch's fingers. <laughs> I didn't. But halfway into the bag, I was like, man, I don't know about bugles. So <laughs> that, you gave up on them? That's what I did this time. Have you ever made bugle nachos like at the house? Get you a bag of bugles and melt some cheese no. over the top. No, my man. That is that's next level. Are you pouring, oh. pouring it into each one individually like a cone? Oh a little foam cone? Little, little, little cheese nachos? No, I ain't got time for that. Cheese in every bite. I'll be honest. But, it would have weirded me out if Ben was doing witch's fingers in the bag. <laughs> just in the bag. <laughs> witch's fingers. <laughs> just not saying anything. Just having them on. Just enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, usually the go-to is uh, is an M&M of some sort. What, okay. about, what about you, Zach and Chad? Uh, I, I like things that I can snack on for a while. So it's either some kind of like chip or nut or popcorn. Um, Gobstopper? No, nah, oh. I, mean, I, I need savory. So if I'm going to go drink, uh, I'm, I might go sweet if I'm getting coffee, but I've got to go balance. So I've got to, if I get a sweet drink, like some kind of Coke Zero, I'm probably going salty, savory, and either getting like nuts or popcorn or chips or something just something to snack because I, I want that like the snack to last i'm just imagining nathan going like one twix two twix done and that's not <laughs> I, I need a little it's a road trip we got time i got to space the snack out for a little bit nathan's done before like before the gas pump is done that's like, right he's, 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 he's throwing the, the wrapper away at the the, the trash can <laughs> of the gas that you're pumping right now bro you got to say that for the next gas stop you're gonna have no trash to throw away it's not that bad i'm at least waiting until i get in the car and we get moving then i'll eat it you know <laughs> Just, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get it. I'll open that Twix pack immediately like it was a pack of magic cards or something, you know. Just ripping it before you even get to the car. <laughs> Just in the <laughs> store. The first time I saw Chad buy a pack of magic cards at the counter, immediately open it and throw commons to the side like they were nothing. <laughs> it, blew, <laughs> it blew my mind. Yeah, mind blown. You gotta, you gotta Chad, while you, Nathan, I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot. So I'm going to give you just a second of filibuster okay. here. Uh, Nathan, our, our, uh, research expert. So when Chad tells us his snack, uh, I am now curious about what the most popular youth snacks are right for now. For the kids today. What are the kids for, today? For the, for the uh, what are they snacking today? on? <laughs> Chad, what have you What's your what's your answer to your question? Okay, so if I'm if I'm trying to grind on a on a uh, trip, right? I'm trying to get a far far away, long drive. Long, long drive. I, I feel like I kind of got a system down. Okay, and it's it's a multiple stage process. Um, so I'm gonna want a bottle of water, uh, and then I'm gonna want like a uh, like a Coke Zero. Um, ranch sunflower seeds is a must. Okay. Um, okay. And dill pickle potato chips. That's, that's my go-to for, for a big ride. That's a lot of flavor in your mouth. My I, man. Well, no, no, here's, here's why. Okay. So here's why. You go ranch dill, ranch dill. Like how does this work? You, you, no, 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 no. Yeah. You shuffling. Now you got to remember I, it was a grind. So th this all isn't, I'm not like pounding these things back to back. I'm going to get the water down. Okay. Now I have a bottle for my sunflower seeds. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, but, but the sunflower seeds come later. 
the sunflower seeds come in when you're exhausted, but you got to stay awake. Mm. And so you just kind of got the thing in your mouth. You're eating sunflower seeds, trucking down the road. Um, But you enjoy the nice little dill pickle chips with the Coke Zero, a little sweet, you know, tangy. It's perfect, guys. It's the perfect grind car ride snack. So So my follow-up is why why not – Dill sunflower because that's too much dill. I already had it in the. Already well, had you got a sub. <laughs> he's dilled yeah, out. Yeah, I don't mean double dill. Just dill or no dill. You know what I mean? I can't, like, I can't be <laughs> Howie Mandill. Yeah, right. I can't be pickling it all the way. Six hour trip. Howie Mandill. <laughs> I do like that you like pickle chips because I feel like if we ever make our road trip to Canada, you're gonna love it because the old Dutch chips in Canada are basically ketchup. Or dill, or all oh. dressed up, which is just the flavor explosion of a chip. Dude, I and love the best. dill pickle they're chips. They're the best. Dill pickle chips in Canada are like the easiest chips to get your hands on, which is wow. a pretty great place to be. But wow. I, I'm just, I'm curious of why that instead of dill, f- sunflower seeds, and ranch chips. Like, is there something about the way the Hmm. The dill chip hits that's different than the reverse. Yeah, I've, like dill, dill, dill uh, seeds, and then like Cool Ranch Doritos would yeah, accomplish right. the same alchemy, yeah. but from like a different angle. And here's the deal: I, I wouldn't hate on a guy that did that. Okay, but that's not you. <laughs> but I just I really like those Lay's dill pot- potato chips. Okay, yeah. What snack bothers you the most? Like when somebody oh, gets a snack, a like what's the one that you're like, I think I trust you less. Boston baked beans. That's exactly what I was going to say. That it's like the one really about my dad that I'm like, he loves those. And he also loves the circus peanuts, which are not peanuts or a circuit. Like that's like, like there are so many other snacks. Like why are these, these are literally like two like low tier snacks and you're like grabbing a bag of each of them. That's a generational thing though. Right? Like people that eat circus peanuts are in that age that, like that was what was asbestos in their school systems. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're choosing that because it was the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I was in a car with another grown man that came out with big league chew, I'd probably judge pretty harshly. Yeah. What's happening? Fun dip. Just, just, just a 40 year old guy with fun dip. Like, Hey buddy. Fun dip. Fun dip in the car is a dangerous game. (laughs) That or a big pixie stick. Man, what was our plan? (laughs) I think for me, if you, if you get the candy corn or just those like Mm. waxy snacks, it's like, don't have taste buds. Don't Don't have taste. Well, they last. You can drop them in the floor, pick them up, eat them later. They're good all the way through the trip. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I'm just just imagining getting into like a car trip with people that you like, don't really know real well with like bugle witch's fingers <laughs> ring pops like you've you just ring pop ring po- oh all ring the way pop on yeah like bugle tom fingers. brady with yeah, all the, just, yeah like this. eight ring pops witch's fingers and then like a candy necklace <laughs> like, <laughs> like accoutrements they just got candy Man. jewelry oh that's it y'all all wearable candy wearable so. candy that's a great category of candy if you are a wearable candy person you might be friends with chad <laughs> on his next road trip i'm gonna i'm gonna have to take all this into account i i think maybe i may be the person who is most likely in a random group of people in a car only because of officiating or unless you guys just hop in there a bunch but i was recently in a random group of officials we were going to a football game and so everybody bought now that i'm thinking about it good normal snacks and 
and I didn't have any red flags go off of, wow, that's, that's a good. weird snack. Nathan, I should be concerned. Nathan, I'm telling you right now, buddy, I will Venmo you the money if on one of these trips, without you cannot say anything, you just roll in with bugle fingers, ring pops, like you bling out in candy, and then start trying to pay the other guys and like candy coins for stuff. <laughs> Little doubloon. You got a video or picture of yourself in the car with that stuff. <clears throat> immediate Venmo. So, Oh, man. Just be like, all right, guys, let's talk about the new football rules this year. No, but, no, but seriously, okay, but Nathan, here's a real question because, like, as someone who's a part of various different, like, nerd communities, what is an odd ref? Because, like, in the magic world or in, like, video game world, like, we know, like, oh, that's kind of, that guy in this circle is a little bit weird. But what is, like, a weird ref thing? Like, what's the thing that, like, you know, in youth ministry world, it's like the guy that like likes his camp shirts too much, right? Or whatever. It's like this shirt's as much for me as it is for them. Or, or you know, like the other little like idiosyncrasies. Like, what is like an odd duck ref in that in that community? It's a really good question. I don't know if I have an answer for that. I, I want I want you to think about it. I mean, if it's not this episode, I want you to think about like the rolodex of guys you've worked with and been like, yeah, man, like Jerry's just different like i just i want to know what different in the refing community is because everybody's well, there like excited about it rules this you know officiating but i'm just trying to imagine like what what's the one that's like oh no here well, comes the, timothy yeah yeah i would say then okay that sparked a few things two is i mean everybody is it's the this is the person who doesn't care I mean, that's okay. okay. the, like, the non-enthusiast. Yeah. The person who's just, if you get the person that's just like, I mean, I don't want to say it, but they're just like, I'm just here for, for know, a paycheck. Basically. Yeah. They, and like they show up with like, I mean, like the uniforms messed up. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. But I mean, if you show up with like, you know, shoes that haven't been polished in eight years or all that kind of stuff, like that's just kind of. God, dingy just, shoes, get dingy yeah. shoes out of here. No yeah, pleats in the pants. No, unpleated right. like, pants. Correct uniform, like you're wearing the wrong color socks, and it's clear that you know. I mean, it's just brown belt, black pants. Get out of here, right? Like that, that kind of stuff. I mean, everybody gets it. Like if you accidentally left your your belt or something like that, but just the person <laughs> that consistently just doesn't care. And I was gonna say, I want to know if there's a person <laughs> that's known for just getting it on the whistle, like. Over and above, long whistle. <laughs> Is there even a word loud. for that? Like, like too much whistle? Like, <laughs> no, you're just out here over whistling. All right, easy Willie off the whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'll get you because if you're too quick to the whistle, you'll make mistakes. You'll you'll blow calls dead. You'll have inadvertent whistles, which is never good. It can be corrected, but it's never good. So, well, and, so, and the problem we have with like a lot of young officials whenever they're first coming in is not blowing the whistle loud enough. It's like they're they're timid. I mean, you've got to be very confident, uh, especially whenever you go to like, you know, if it's a contentious play and you're like, if I know that player's down and some people aren't certain or like a lot of times you'll see in football players getting driven back, the ball comes out. As soon as you lose that forward momentum, start going backwards, you are then down. So you blow the whistle. you got to come in and sell the call. And it's not because I'm selling it because – I don't know what happened. I know exactly what happened. That player's down, but I'm letting everybody know he is down, right? You're making a, a, a big show. Like, I know for certain this guy is down. Now, whether or not they believe you, they probably won't, whatever. But the other one I think that stands out is the official that is doesn't want to have any form of, like, corrective criticism or think they know everything. And then they're, everybody's like, yeah, this guy just keeps getting it wrong. I, you should always, I mean, there's always stuff to work on and get better at in your game. So you should never be the person. I mean, I think we would say the same for student ministry. That would feel weird too. Like the youth pastor or maybe whatever the context is, the person that walks into the room and they're like, they know everything. Like you can't tell them, Hey man, hey man maybe man, think about this. They got a leather Bible and skinny jeans. They do know. 
Right, know, right. Like it's, you know, it's the person that's just way too confident, and you're like, yeah, man, you're you're making some mistakes, but not you our guy. Can't hear him. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yep. I want to see like the person who intentionally flexes when they make a call. Oh. And like the sustained like six second whistle, like to the point where people are like, is he, is, are they still blowing the whistle right now? Yeah. Yeah. And just full flex, loud, long whistle that I think that would be a pretty obnoxious (laughs) over the course of a game, especially in basketball when everything's supposed to move so fast. Yeah. How do we feel about the guy that has two whistles? Oh, <laughs> At the same time, that. Timmy, the same Timmy, two whistle. He's got he's got different little pitches, right? Like he's got like yeah, like oh, this no, one's C sharp, this one's A. Yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. I only want to blow that one frequency really bad in my ears, and so I always buy the exact same whistle, okay. multiple versions of it. So I basically. I know going deaf doesn't quite work like that, but there is something to the pitch of it. Just but hearing people, loss at one band of frequency. Yeah, there there are some cheap whistles out there, and if official has a cheap whistle and not the good one, the pitch is different, and it doesn't really like have that shrill to it. It's just like, you know, like one <laughs> constant tone. It's like, bro, I'll literally would just give you a whistle because that's ridiculous. I what? am imagining a YouTube whistle review uh, channel right now, oh, and I'm about to go Google it after this episode. You should. I'll make whistle, a video. Whistle reviews. Let's, I'm, dude, I watch backpack reviews. I am not here to stand in judgment. I will make that video right now. It'll be five seconds long. One tweet, Fox 40, that's all you need to buy. You can buy the lanyard, you can buy the finger whistle, wow. it doesn't matter. Basic Fox 40, 40 is what you should have. The Fox yeah. 40. Fox 40, that's what you should get. It okay. sounds cool. Nathan, that's like underwater and hear it. I've changed my mind about the wearable candy for the the ref is the ref ride you need to go candy slide whistle <laughs> oh yes just back there playing some tunes on the candy slide whistle. Oh, if you man. called if you called a travel with the sweet <laughs> that would be that's what so they need good. for the harlem globe charter games that's oh, the kind of whistles yeah. they need there that would be fantastic golly dude um, you, you march out some hot cross buns right after a walk uh-huh. <laughs> people know you're serious that would be good the recorder <laughs> nathan i uh we experienced something um in our travel back this time uh that I I would love for the people to hear your recounting of our TSA uh, our TSA sleeper that we yeah that we experienced. I've never seen this before. And we've either. been in a lot of airports. Travel we've anomalies seen- are worth noting because this is like this is where I feel like the universe can mend because someone's gonna like have also seen this that listens and you're gonna feel better. But this is this is a good one because this is unique for y'all. Yeah, so we going through TSA and we had a sleeper. Now, mind you, this is not in like, Atlanta. In Atlanta, so like so, people everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's a percentage of folks that are probably always sleeping in the Atlanta airport. Yeah, the the, the we think correct stat may be made up, but we're like 95 percent certain it's a real stat. The most the busiest airport in the world. Um, they say so it is. So they say it is. Self-designated now, what, what metrics for busy is I don't know flights, people, planes, trains, automobiles. Who knows? Whatever. No John Candy uh, though. No, he's definitely wasn't there. So Ben and I go through security 
go through the pre-check, get our bags, everything. And we go to get ready to put the stuff that they've taken out of our bags because uh, my bag what it is. flagged. Uh, Say what it is. Apparently, TSA did not know what a box of Magic cards looked not like. Not fans so, of collectible card games at TSA. Right. Yeah, yeah. The so square-shaped density is a flag on the play. All yeah. three of us got that. <laughs> the Tri-Wizard Cup, they got us all, yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> Tri-Wizard Cup, that's good. Yeah, so I guess the, the cube, anytime there is a solid plastic cube, always a red flag for yeah. TSA, right? For good reason. I'm glad they're being uh, diligent in their job. So no, yeah, for the future. Had seven plastic cubes. Like that was, it was <laughs> like literally your bag was like boxes. seven dark spots on the x-ray. You're like my man, you are sick. Yeah. <laughs> when you uh, know for the future, if you ever do this and, and they're going through your bag and they grab something, don't say, be careful with that. Yeah. It's not a good, like y- it comes across the wrong way. There was a security look that I was like, Ben's going to get tackled to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to open, open it. That. Yeah, like, yeah, you he was opening it, it sideways. My cards were about to go everywhere. Nobody sees needs to see my lands all over the floor of TSA. <laughs> That's right. So then I was trying to lose the, the one good card will slide underneath. The, I know. The you're I'm you're stepping on my back. rhino. Excuse me, please. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yep. So, so I'm moving. To, so I grab my stuff. I'm getting ready to pack it back up. I turn around and lo and behold, right there where the benches are, where you just, you know, put your stuff down, you put your belt back on, you know, you make sure you're good to go. There's a dude just passed out of sleep. Never seen that before. Just right there. Like I just was wondering like what was going through their mind? Like just made it through security and was like time for a nap. Just boom, just laid out on a bench. I don't know. That TSA marathon got them, you know. I guess it so. Was, it was crazy. It, the benches where you sit down and put your shoes back on right yeah. after TSA, people everywhere loud, and this dude is out cold. Likes likes the white noise, just you know, just the the, the crowd soothing. Was it, he alive? Now, hold on. Now you got this. It does help to well, frame it up. But we were the there pulse. at like. 5.50 a.m. I mean, it was it was a dreadful hour of the day. Yeah, it was. That's true. And it was super busy, but I don't know, like, did he sleep there all night or what? Like, I don't I don't know. It was weird. What what other weird things have you guys seen in your travels? What's like one of the weird what's one of those? So if it's the, you know, the candy corn or the here, here's my whistle thing deal for the for the car ride. What's the red flags in the travel world for you? Here, here's my here's my travel pet peeve. And if you do this, I'm sorry. I love you, but I just like I will secretly judge you and text one of my friends that it's happening again. When you board the plane with your neck pillow on, it's too soon. It's too soon, my guy. Like the neck pillow needs to be carabiner to your backpack or tucked away. And then once you're seated, feel free, you know, load it up, wrap it around, take a little snooze. But if you're boarding the plane neck pillow on, it, it, it is the life preserver that you've pulled before we've exited the plane. It, it's too soon. Like you, you, you can't inflate before the emergency happens. You got to wait. You have to wait. And so that's, that's mine. Just neck, yeah. neck pillow pre-board too soon, too soon. Yeah. 
is a neck. You look pillow. like Chad's dog out there, not making it through the fence. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Just <laughs> on. Just uh, is a neck and pillow the supposed to go with like the meat in front or the meat in the back? I think it's the back, <laughs> right? But again, you have like the neck rest when you lay back. I don't know. It maybe depends on like the size of your chin, like. I just, and do they really work? Does it even work? Like what? Oh, it works. No, no. When we went when we went international to Southeast Asia for a mission trip, it works. It's real. Like I don't I don't judge you for having one. I, I don't do. even judge you for having a nice one. I just you know it's decorum. When when and where you can wear it. I've I've used it before, and uh, the result has been a sweaty neck. Mm. That's because you went velour. Did you go velour? I don't even know. You went like sweatpant material. Yeah, it's got a velvet. That's a, that's a winter neck pillow. You needed a summer version. You needed more of a breathable mesh. You're shopping off season, my guy. Get out of here. Just oh, purple man. velvet velvet neck pillow with witch's yep. fingers <laughs> and a little bit of gold gold embellishment on it. Yeah, it's, it's fancy. Yeah, but if you're flying Southwest and and there's a person with. Neck pillow, purple velvet neck pillow, meat in the front, witch's fingers. You're sitting in that row. You're like, this is going to be. You're this is nestling up. I'm like, come sit in the middle of the front bus head. I had a list, and you're welcome to join me. That's a story (laughs) I want. Yeah, you're about to be interviewed for a podcast. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So we were in uh, we were in Orlando, and we were meeting about Youth Pastor Summit. It's going to be a great experience. We do a lot of training events. Chad, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Uh, but Nathan needs to update us on the top snacks still. We have, oh, yeah, we we have do to need go back. Snacks. We have to go back. So he's going to give us the top five snacks. But the question to Chad is what makes a great experience? Because all of us, all of us build experiences uh, as youth pastors. This is something you do all the time. Small group is an experience, a large group worship service experience, camp, disciple now, whatever you're designing experiences all the time. So we just helped do that. And we continually do that. You do too. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But first, Nathan's, uh, you give the source. This is the marketing research firm that tells us teenagers top five snacks right now yes that's right ben live from the interwebs here we go the top five wow. snacks top five snacks this come from piper sandler's research this just came out a few weeks ago um, maybe about a month ago now they research every six months uh gen z across the united states and so the top five snacks that were listed here are goldfish lays cheeses doritos and cheetos so another survey that i just found while looking this up was also that 48%, Orange heavy snacks. Yeah, 48% okay. of teens prefer healthy snacks, even though there are no healthy snacks listed here. I think they just like the idea of it and then still buy the not healthy snacks. And then Oreos look like they come in at probably a solid sixth place here. So a little sweet there with the Oreos later on. Vegan alternative. The top five were all chips. All chips, goldfish, Lay's, Cheez-Its, Doritos, and Cheetos. Snack hmm. crackers. I don't know, man. There's, I like a good cheese it and goldfish. Those are good. Oreo, I feel good. like, is a great at home snack. I don't know that I'm just <laughs> eating. Do you that travel Oreos? No. Because yeah. I want, All right, I want you're Nabisco. We need a travel Oreo kit for our guy, Chad, here. Are you twisting an Oreo or are you just going? Because oh, you in? dunk them? Is it because you dunk them? And I go fork, oh. too. If you don't know that trick, you, you go, go what? what? Fork? Yeah, bro. You got to get a. F- okay, so double stuffed Oreo is the only way to go. You slide True. that you slide that fork right into that cream. You go full dunk. You don't have to put your fingers down in the milk. 
Just a classy wow. way to eat an Oreo. God, you're going Oreo fondue? <laughs> <laughs> God, what is the chilled fondue? All right. Oh, all right. Melting pot. What else can we dip in milk? Okay. Oreo fondue. Chad, how do you develop a great experience? What a, What's a piece of it? God. I think there's a lot. There, there's a lot to that. The the first thing that I would say about developing a great experience is, uh, and this one may seem really broad, but I, I actually think it's really important is intentionality and the transition, the detail, and the explanation. Yeah. I, I think sometimes, and I'll just pick on the thing that we do every week, right? Of like the simple like game, right? Of that may happen on a Wednesday night. The experience of that can really change the whole night as far as pacing that I don't think a lot of mm. people really take into consideration, one of the, one of the things that drives me crazy that I see a lot in student ministry is the like setting up of the game while the explanation is happening. Like yeah. I immediately think that that it makes for a bad experience um, because a lot of times for games you're bringing up three contestants, but a good experience should be for the mass that is watching. And so when you start thinking about, okay, is this game enjoyable to watch? Yeah, yeah Because yeah. there are some games that are good to play, but are yeah. not fun to watch. And so that mm -hmm. doesn't make for a good experience. I, and I think that that, like, um, that knowledge pl plays beyond games, right? Like it comes down to like the events that we, d you know, do all that kind of stuff. Like, um, it's why I think it's why I think that like the mechanical bull is more fun at, you know, the inflatable night than maybe even the like obstacle course or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Obstacle course is great for elementary kids. The, the the mechanical bull or the joust is more fun for older kids. Right. Not because they're bigger, but because they're watching it. Right. You mm -hmm. you allow for an audience to happen. And and so I, I think thinking through things like that of like, okay, what is enjoyable, even if you're not the one on it, to watch, to engage with, those kind of things. But as far as like the game, right? Making the the rules part is boring. We all know that, but you have to talk through, like, how do we play this game? But if you're also, like, trying to set up the ketchup bottles or whatever and the table and pulling it out, like, that becomes distracting. And so, like, building it into your night of going, okay, this guy, this has to be the first thing because there is set up. We have to have set up already in place. It's ready on the it's stage. It's ready on the just stage. Just right off. Exactly. Yeah. And even even the trick that that I learned many years ago that makes the big difference. Um, if you have a group that doesn't like to volunteer for things, don't do the awkward like, "Hey, who, who wants, wants to, play? to play a game?" Like, have your contestants ready before it ever even starts, and then that way it is, "Hey, we're playing a game. We've got you know Kyle, Jessica, Tanner up here, and we're about to you know what I mean. Do this you're, now. You're and and even the the next level thing is, you've gone through the boring like minutiae details of the game with those three. They know how to play because they're really the only ones that have to know how to play. 
Right. And then yep. you're able just to give a quick explanation of the game, go into it with these, you know, three contestants or whatever, fun, enjoyable. The the added experience that I would add to that, whether it's a game or a fun experience, is your person hosting it needs to be fully bought in. Like yeah. you yeah. are the host of it. And so especially with like junior high, like if you're playing a pirate game and you don't have a fake parrot on your shoulder, what are you even doing out there? You know what I mean? If there's <laughs> not the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song as you're walking up. It's an iPad. It's a, yeah. You got to do something. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you dress up, you sell it, you be in it, enjoy it. Um, it's going to make all the difference. And so if you're waiting for the students in the chair to set the energy level for the fun element, it may never come. Yeah. yeah. But if you I think can, that's a I think that's a great point. And Chad, what you said about is this a game that's fun to watch? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. such a significant thing to think about. because I think it's rarely thought about this will be fun on the stage. This will be fun for me as the youth pastor to see it happen. This will be fun for the people that are up there, but rarely is there a game where everybody engages. And so you have to think through, is this also fun to watch? I think that is a really, really significant thing to think about. That's, that's often ignored. Well, as as our, as our crew grew bigger and it got harder to see what was happening on stage, like we had to get, we had to get into the weeds of, of figuring out, okay, if this was a smaller type game, but we still thought it was fun of getting the like live camera to be able to like show it on the screen, get closer to get closer and all that kind of stuff for the kids in the back to be able to see or whatever, um, and you, you have to think through that, especially if you have a larger group or even if your like room has limitations. I mean, you may not have a, a huge group, but if you know that, man, there's pillars in the way, things like that, like it creates mm-hmm. a different experience for people in the room. Yeah. yeah. I really like too how you put just the, the, the setup beforehand, having the people picked out, having already explained the game to them. If you're consistently getting out like five minutes late, are we wasting five minutes trying to find people to play a game, set up a game and explain a game when all of that could, that amount of time could be taken out and saved in, in your programming. If you just do it on the front end. So I really like yeah. that. Chad. Well, but I, th- I even think that there are things like that that can happen even beyond the fun element, but the serious element our friends at Prestonwood do it really, really well on some of their Bible teaching stuff where they're hooking up their iPads into their screen stuff through kind of that HDMI element. And so as they're like reading scripture, they're able to like highlight and mark on the screen and their with their Bible. Mm-hmm. That's a great experience. And, and it shows students, okay, like if I'm studying this passage, okay, these are the words that we're pulling out. These are the things that we're looking at that goes beyond just the like them staring at somebody speaking on stage to a full like experience of engagement with what we're wanting them to really see and look at. Yeah. And you're showing students how to do it. You're modeling that because they need that visual. You can't just say, hey, highlight some stuff. And you're going to be like, what do I need to highlight? I Mm -hmm. love that visualization and modeling for them. Zach, one of the things that as we've continued as a team to build experiences for youth pastors, one of the things that you've led us to more and more is the connection element that has to exist in not, you know, like 
church practice people would say circles instead of rows, right? Sure. But we've we've continued to push further and further into the connection and collaborative space under your under your guidance in how to create a spirit an experience that's memorable for people. Well, because I think that's part of why the being in the same room together is it it is a shared experience. And, and this the echo which Chad shared about the observed game, like to go from observer to like participant, you know, if, if the games are divided not by three contestants, but three representatives from three teams. Now you have a vested interest that Mallory wins because it means we all win because we're the green team. And I think that's one of the things that the round table, the, the gathering versus the, the rows is like, I want folks to leave when they spend time with us. Not like what those guys shared was good or not good, but what they shared that spurred conversation with someone else in the room who's also trying to do what I'm doing. Because we live in a content driven age where right now we're recording content for folks to hear from us, maybe to connect with us. And we try to close that loop by sharing and DMing and texting and posting um, but especially if you're going to be in a live environment to close that loop, that it's not like front of the room, rest of the room, but it's it's the whole room together. And that happens depending on the size of the room and the varieties of rooms that you serve in. But I think to uh, engineer that from the start and not just hope it happens, right? Like not hope that people like after the session or the program or the worship hour ends, that they're going to talk about it, but to build that into it. I think that's one of the things to leverage for in-person, real-life IRL uh, experiences, gatherings, that is something that you will not want to miss, um, whatever size of room you're filling. And I think it is different, uh, but it is true to think about across every size room uh, for the ways in which they're not just connected to the thing, but to the room and the people in the room as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about creating culture. And creating culture in student ministry. And if culture is created through shared experiences, then that has to be a part of the equation too. What is the shared experience that we want to people to walk away with when they engage here with the content, with each other, that is going to be a part of creating the culture. I, I think taking, I think creating space to like engage with what you're talking about is mm -hmm. so important. Um, I mean, how many times have you heard a, an amazing sermon on prayer without any time to pray? Right. Like, like that just seems like a big miss that to not allow an opportunity like that in an experience to like immediately engage, to have ways to like experience it and not just think about it because I think helping specifically students take that first step before you ever leave um, gives them an opportunity to go, okay, I can do this at home because I've already done it once. Um, mm. And I think when we think about creating experiences for students, those kind of things are really, really important. Um, I think there's a piece of, um, the layout in the room that is really, really important when we start thinking of experiences. It goes back to that, what you're talking about of like difference between tables and chairs and things like that. Um, but like Zach alluded to it, like music, lighting, those kind of things really do make a difference. Um, cleanliness of the room 
really makes yeah. a difference. Um, those kind of things, like you set the tone for what's going to happen really before the thing ever starts. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes like it, it, it was probably 10, 15 years ago, everybody started using countdowns. And at first, like it made sense for a lot of people that were utilizing countdowns. Now I see countdowns where it's like, why is there a countdown? You know, it's like it's a countdown. And then the room doesn't change. The song doesn't right. change. The lights yeah, don't change. Yeah, no exactly. one walks on stage like and then that's a great example, Chad, because it is like it's a technical asset to have something that would count down into something else. But if it doesn't actually transition into anything, then it doesn't have a purpose or a meaning. And I think that's, I think sometimes we think about intentionality of like, we want to say the right things, but I think we also more intentional. We want things to always have meaning. And that's why we do them when we do them, how we do them, where we do them. So I think, yeah. I think we should think through the ways in which it actually like affects what's going on. Like if we're like, Hey guys, and talk to your neighbor. About what? And so making sure that if you're going to ask a question to yeah. the room, that maybe it's also on the screen or it's at least delivered in a different format. And there was just a real thoughtfulness that if we're going to create those things, it wasn't just like, let's be more connective, talk to somebody else in the room, but directing it, guiding it, nurturing it. So it's not just like, I hope this works out, but we thought through it as well as we could. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think a lot of times, especially when you're talking about questions, the realization that there needs to be a progression is really important, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes you want that, like maybe, maybe the progression is the like big shocker moment. Right. But a lot of times it does need to start off with the softball of, we got to get people talking yeah. first, you know what I mean? Loosen up the gears a little bit to actually get where we're wanting to go because you will feel this with student ministry. If you ask too hard of a question up at front, you're going to get crickets. And once you have crickets to begin the conversation with, you will it's always over. have crickets yep. um, instead yep. of realizing just like this podcast, right? We bantered about goofiness for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, even to get our own self-talk in, those kind of things. Um, but then to actually get into something, I think small groups would benefit, specifically at those younger ages, when you realize seventh grade boys need to mess around and joke around for a long time. And we want them to walk away with one big question, one big thought, and one big conversation, instead of trying to just roll out 60 minutes of an in-depth conversation for an 11th grade boy, no wonder they're going to, they're going to, uh, chase rabbits. Yeah. And that's where training your leaders comes in because there it comes in so huge because there may be groups that need to spend most of the time at the beginning of the year yep. in that surface level, knowing that they're going to want to get deeper later. But you might need rather than 30 minutes or 20 minutes of hanging out around the surface, you might need three or four weeks, a couple of months of there to, to develop the trust that's necessary for students to really open up and have conversation. I hope that as you plan and think through the experiences that you are building day in and day out, that uh, some of this conversation has been helpful to add a level of thoughtfulness to the things that you are planning. Uh, we're here for you, student ministry leader. 
And uh, we love what you do. We love you. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Bye. <laughs>